Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks podcast. I'm Ricky, and Grayson um, had to take an unexpected trip to Gotham, which is weird because that's also where Batman lives, and we've never seen Batman um, in the same room as Grayson. Um, probably nothing, but we do have a very special guest uh, for you guys today. We have my good friend Jeffrey. Hello. Hey, everyone. That's the voice of my good friend Jeffrey. Um, and today we are reviewing the 1998 um, animated feature Batman slash Superman movie colon world's finest. The slashes and the colons are very important. Um, but before we get to into the review, I wanted to uh, request a quick thing from you guys. If you guys could review the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, it would really help us out. Um, you can just head on over to uh, the link that we have either in our Twitter or in the show notes below. Um, but yes, that's enough of me talking. Let me give you guys a little introduction to my guest, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, I'm Jeffrey Brown. I am a fellow uh, filmmaker and editor um, and all-around nerd. I love comics and video games. Video games are probably my my number one corner of nerddom, but uh, anything related to superheroes is something that, that I gravitate to. Yeah, and uh, we wanted to get him on the podcast because uh, there are a few people, few humans few mortals i know uh who love uh the batman and superman animated series as much as you so it's great to have you on here um and like we do in every episode we're going to give you guys a little bit of history um so uh the interesting thing about this is i when i first thought of you know batman very superman movie that's coming out i was like i remember there was the batman superman movie from kids wb uh and then in my research i found a ton of information uh so you remember the batman animated series right oh absolutely yeah and so that movie or not that movie that tv show was inspired by the tim burton's 1989 batman right and the anime series was amazing uh it hit 65 episodes in its initial run before it became batman and robin uh which introduced Robin the Boy Wonder in the animated series, uh, and that then changed the title to The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Right. Well, Robin had appeared in the the original animated series mm -hmm. just sporadically. There was a, a sort of gospel that uh, Paul Dini, Danny, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, one of the major writers for Batman the Animated Series, um, they said that we're going to tell a story about Batman. Robin mm. can be included, but... We're not going to do the dynamic duo. So when it changed hands, they said, yeah, let, let's put in Robin full throttle. I didn't know that. That's see, that's why we had you on here. The experience of a well-seasoned nerd. Um, yeah. And so the Batman animated series was on uh, for a while and it was on the Fox Kids originally. Uh, played in the afternoon blocks. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, after school TV was just the best like, I remember coming home, and as soon as I turned on the TV, I was like, da -na -na -na. oh, yes, it's happening, yes. Yeah, it, it's one of those 
one of those moments where they just I, w- I was hooked immediately the as a kid I, I didn't totally understand that you know they're using the Danny Elfman theme but I could tell that it was like this comes from the same thing as the movie mm-hmm. and with the with the original Tim Burton Batman I watched it a lot as a kid even though it it scared me I, oh yeah oh it scared me when we watched it recently I was like <laughs> um I'm terrified right so that just having that immediate connection with the the music and the theme you you were just on board right away yeah yeah and uh, and the show ran uh exclusively on fox for five years they had a five-year contract um but meanwhile um in 1998 uh, the wb ordered the superman animated series so the superman animated series uh aired on wb for about a year or so the show was getting a lot of great reception and so this is where the batman superman movie comes in so five years after the exclusive run on Fox Kids, they decided to incorporate Batman into the new style that the Superman animated series were. And so that then this special actually debuted the new adventures of Batman and the new adventures of Superman. So does this comes before we get the adventures of Batman and Robin? It's the introduction of this new style. So the adventures of Batman and Robin did happen back in the other style, but this is like the new adventures of Batman and okay, Robin. Okay, yeah, because what what immediately what I noticed was the the change in the 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 bat costume. the The symbol is different. Yeah, the symbol the symbol uh, the symbol doesn't have the yellow in it anymore. It's just the the tradition or not the traditional, I guess, but like the sleek just yeah. Black it, it, it's very angular straight line wings and very you know sharp uh edges edges coming off yeah. the, the bottom of the wings mm-hmm. i'm not sure what the technical term is so, i don't know welcome bat to, biology welcome to describing bat logos i know comics <laughs> no. but yeah so that that was something that went off immediately and it i wouldn't say it was distracting for me but i definitely prefer the the gold symbol with the the curved wings so the more oval shaped yeah something is more aesthetically pleasing to me yeah i would i remember thinking that they actually made the costume cooler i was like i didn't think that was possible <laughs> like it, it just looked very sleek and just straight edged uh which is kind of bruce tim's uh style and the rest of his um animated series because uh, it start, first started out with Batman, the animated series, then Superman, the animated series, which then inspired so much. It was basically like what we would now know today, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it was like the DC uh, animated universe. Well, they, they call it the, the Timverse, I believe, because yes. Bruce Tim has a hand in all of it. And that art style is so iconic. Mm-hmm. I, I love Bruce Tim stuff. Yeah, he uh, just amazing. And so that launched Batman Beyond, which didn't exist prior. Like Batman Beyond was kind of like his own storytelling with the Batman characters. Yeah, Batman Beyond. I remember when it first came out, I was actually I I can't remember how old I was, but I was kind of turned off by it because I thought I thought it was going to become dated very quickly. It's a problem with telling futuristic stories because you're predicting stuff. You know, like the Jetsons, we always talk about like the flying yeah. cars. Um, the distant future of 2005. Right. <laughs> but uh, having rewatched it recently, it is 
every bit as good as uh, the original Batman the animated series. It, it's just awesome storytelling. Yeah. And yeah, so from Batman Beyond then to the Justice League, uh, Teen Titans, Justice League Unlimited, Static Shock even fit into there uh, when that was on the air. But like it just launched so many different things. And the thing that was really a standout about the series was the art style, like the animation was amazing. Like you just don't see animation uh well, I guess you do see it more so nowadays, but like back in the day, like nothing else was being animated like that. Yeah, and some of the more like groundbreaking stuff that, again, I keep talking about Batman the Animated Series because that to me is one of the, the greatest cartoons of all time. But they they just did so many things right. They said, we're going to tell a Batman story. We're not going to pander to kids. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to be watching it, but what we can get away with, we're going to go for. So yeah. it's the first time you see real guns instead of magic lasers like in gi joe Mm -hmm. you see blood um and they just they work to tell the best story they could in a animated format oh absolutely and uh another thing that i was impressed like every time while while watching this like their explosions just looked so just crisp and explosive like i'm i i don't know it it was like a visual dessert to like watch things blow up i'm like oh wow i bet that was like a lot of damage like i don't even (laughs) see real explosions and like action movies look is like just right yeah as what they do like there's this little bubble that happens before and then just blasts out that that delay that happens is just so enjoyable because it it builds the the anticipation which doesn't exist in a real explosion Mm -hmm. in a real explosion it's just all at once yeah but it that yeah that delayed gratification is so worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when this uh, first came out, it was Batman's reintroduction into uh, the wider world and basically just confirming that there was, in fact, this uh, animated uh, universe, basically. And that actually brought Batman to the WB block where he got to join everyone else and continue his adventures. And that is the history of the Batman slash Superman movie colon world's finest. Uh, it, when it originally aired, it was originally a part of a, it was a three part Superman episode that they then put on to a uh, home tape and DVD. Uh, and then it was just dubbed the Batman Superman movie. And now we're going to go into the part of the show where we talk about our reactions of the movie. So when you first watched this, uh, you, did you watch it on TV? I'm trying to think when I first watched it because having rewatched it recently, um, I, I couldn't even remember if I had seen it as a kid or not. But when I saw the the kryptonite dragon and mm-hmm. I saw the Joker chiseling at it, that was one of the first big parts of the movie that kind of triggered something way back in my brain. Yeah. Um, so I want to say that I, I must have saw it on either WB. I certainly didn't have it on VHS, mm-hmm. but it, so it was either WB or I think it may have been on Cartoon Network at one point in time. Yeah. Um, because there's also a Dragon Ball Z movie called World's Finest. Oh, really? And I, I could be wrong. I could be totally misremembering this, but I want to say that every once in a while they would do a double feature of the world's finest movies. Wow. But again, that could be lies and slander. So <laughs> fact check that one kids. 
All right. I mean, it sounds right to me. And if it sounds right, it probably is. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember the first time I saw this, um, it was I remember part of it being on WB and then I distinctly remember renting this, but I don't remember a lot of the story of it. I just remember um the whole moment where Batman or where uh Superman X-ray visions Batman's mask and he's like Bruce Wayne, he said, you peaked. <laughs> uh, Kevin Conroy is the only person who can say, you peaked. and make it sound right. like a menacing threat. And he was like, oh, because I thought that Batman was just going to like whoop up on him. But, um, but re-watching it now, uh, I, 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 I think I wanted more of them fighting each other. Yeah, I, I felt that too. I wanted... It, it makes sense that you said that it came out in three episodes mm-hmm. because when I watched it, I felt like it did need to be longer. Mm-hmm. Um, the very beginning of it moves pretty quickly. Really quickly. And the the story feels somewhat disjointed to me because it, it is just like moving to point to point to point. Yeah, because the movie kind of opens up with uh, Joker proposing to Lex Luthor uh, a strangers on the train kind of scenario <laughs> just like I kill your village you kill mine he's <laughs> just like okay um and then like and that's like in the first four minutes of the of the movie like they waste zero time yeah I really did I enjoyed the Joker uh it is of course is Mark Hamill who, oh. to me just is the Joker he is there are three Jokers to me uh you have Jack Nicholson you have Heath Ledger, and at the top of the list is Kevin, uh, not Kevin Conroy, uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, who yes. Just, just nailed it. Uh, uh, and so this is also the new style of the Joker. Yeah, with the uh, sans red lipstick. No red lipstick, and the the eyes are inverse. Yes. So he has weird black eyes with white pupils, yeah. and the, the hair is darker. It's a darker mm-hmm. shade of green. Um, again, not my preferred style. I like the the red lips, mm-hmm. but it was interesting because like his motivation is like money problems, and he yeah. need, he needs new gang members, which uh, we hadn't seen a lot of. Normally, he's just stealing for the the sake of it. It's not. I've never seen the Joker very financially driven. Yeah, and it seemed like because we see in like the dark Knight, the live action dark Knight with Heath Ledger, like the joke just doesn't care about money. He cares about accomplishing his mission. Um, and so he'll do whatever it takes to like set off this big trap and like take over all these different gangs and shut them down to prove a point because he's the Joker. He just can. Right. Um, but yeah, this was interesting to see him in that uh, light and him kind of being money desperate. Cause usually with my experience with the Joker, that's not like his MO. Right. Yeah, I I did think that that was interesting. I kind of liked it because it it did put somewhat of a more relatable side to him. Not that you want to be relatable to the Joker, but I guess it it, it humanized him to some degree. Um, But there is an interesting parallel to Dark Knight is that whenever uh, the the Christopher Nolan film, uh, whenever he roughs up the mob boss, Mm -hmm. he comes in and kind of wipes them out very similar to the i'm gonna make the pencil disappear he he lays down this threat and says okay y'all work for me now mm-hmm. like he, he gets his henchmen real quick and that was that was a, a fun way to establish like he's in a new city but he still has power yeah it's it's fun to see how no matter where the joker is he is 
like he's able to take over and like cause trouble. Like I, I kind of like seeing the Joker stand confidently up against Superman. Like even when he had the kryptonite, and then he's like, "Oh, what did I forget? Oh, that's right, the acid." And then he like starts like kicking and like prancing around and like beating up on Superman. I'm like, "Uh, the Joker's crazy." Like, I would never, like, even if Superman is, like, down for the count with Kryptonite or not, I'm like, I'm getting as far away as possible. I mean, the the Joker's crazy, but he's not dumb. Like, he, he is very smart. Right. So, I, I think that's kind of his, uh, something he works to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Just being totally insane, people underestimate him, except for Batman. Batman always says, like, You're right. He, he holds more cards than you know, like be prepared yeah that's a good point yeah so i just have to say the the moment where i i audibly like squealed was when superman comes in like batman's interrogating a guy doing his batman thing and superman comes in and says that's enough and he puts his hand on batman and batman grabs his arm and just flips him over and i'm just like (gasps) yes I, at that moment, I was like, oh, I think I do want to see them fight. Like, yeah. Like, at that moment, I was like, oh, please just fight each other right now. And then Superman just kind of, like, nudged him. Like, very, like, he gave him, like, a love tap compared to, like, right. what Superman can actually do. But um, And we get this great, like, Batman just smacking against the wall. And then his cape just slowly kind of flops over him. Yep. This Superman was also interesting to me because... He didn't use a whole lot of his abilities. It it felt like a sort of a a young Superman. I don't know if that's really the right way to put it, but the powers we see in the movie are, of course, flight, super strength, uh, X-ray vision, and laser vision. But we we never see super speed, and we never see ice breath, and we never see a, a whole host of other abilities that he has. But the super speed was the one that was. Uh, interesting to me that he didn't use because mm-hmm. in, in the the sort of climax where he's fighting the robot with uh lex luthor's little right hand woman yeah. attached to it mm-hmm. he's like jogging around this robot and never thinks to either use super speed or just kind of like rip her from the robot right she's she's held up by like duct tape it, it's not yeah no i hear you it's just like it's one of the situations where it's like but Superman, did you forget your Superman for a second? I just, I think they they intentionally toned him down a little bit, would mm-hmm. be my guess, because it, it's pretty easy to have a deus ex machina situation right. with Superman. Yeah. It just comes in, saves the day, and that's the end of your story. Oh, yeah. Well, um, an interesting fact, uh, because I, cause during research, I find lovely, uh, nerdy, uh, peop- uh, observations and someone pointed out how the the J the the, the laughing dragon uh, that's made of kryptonite is about 30 years old because they said yeah 30 years ago and we are led to believe that any kryptonite that we find on earth is from the explosion oh krypton. right so this would put superman at around 30 years old yeah i i did catch the that they said that the dragon was 30 years old i didn't connect it with actually being from like a shard of, of krypton uh what, what stuck out to me about that when they said it was 30 years old i was just like that's a weird number to put on it because that's not like a antique it's not like from the actual 
like Chinese empire. Right. Cause it, cause it also ties into some of the other um, lore of Superman with like kryptonite being from like radioactive shards from like the destruction, the destruction of Krypton. Um, and that is mentioned in the 1978 Bat- or Superman movie. And, uh, and I liked kind of like having that tie in. I was like, Oh, that's a reference to this. Cause the big thing about kryptonite that I didn't realize was a big thing is that it is radioactive. And it gives, they said, oh, it has a really high radioactive signature. It's not jade. It's actually kryptonite. Right. I want to say that the, I mean, because kryptonite is sort of like Wolverine's healing power. Mm-hmm. It, it fluctuates a lot in, in what it does exactly. Um, so you, I want to say that kryptonite, its big problem is that it is irradiated from a red sun. Mm-hmm. So in some stories, it purely cancels out superman and his abilities that he gets from the yellow sun because superman is essentially solar powered right um but in this story and in many others it truly weakens them and, and cripples them it's always interesting to see which one they choose yeah from my understanding it was just an allergy that he has like oh i get around kryptonite oh my throat kind of closes <laughs> up um but yeah i i you're right it does kind of vary from Episode to episode, really. Uh, like, you remember Metalloy? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Like, talking about, like, not pandering to kids. That episode where he ripped his face off and you just yeah. see, like, a machine face. I'm like... Yeah, he, he has, like, a, a kryptonite heart, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, and then, like, uh, even the, the Superman Returns movie. I know that wasn't, like, a fan favorite by any means. But, uh, you know, my biggest problem with the movie was that he was so strongly affected by kryptonite, but then at the end of the movie, he throws an island of kryptonite into space. It's just, it kind of lowered the stakes a little bit because it's like, well, if if you can kind of overpower kryptonite weakening you, then it's not really much of a weakness. It's like Batman all of a sudden just like be becoming uh, vulnerable or invulnerable to bullets. It's just like, oh, well, Batman's bulletproof now. So what? Like, <laughs> so right. what, what are we going to do? Like, it, it does kind of take away from, like, his Achilles heel or something like that. Like, he needs to have something that can take him down. Right. So that we are kind of rooting for him. Because otherwise, he's just uh, some kind of, I don't know, what's the word for it? Superman? Oh, that's that's good. I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to see if that's it's probably not trademarked or anything. Yeah, no. Put that in your back box. <laughs> so is there anything that you noticed uh, from watching it today versus when you originally saw it? The The biggest difference that I went into this movie today was applying a, a fan theory to the movie that I, I really enjoy. Uh, I read this on Reddit. That's how it works. Um, but they said that... I say they because I I don't know who to credit this to, but I think it's such a fun theory. So they said that uh, Superman's one actual superpower, we always talk about how he has just a million powers and it's boring, but his one actual power is that he has super telekinesis. He can move things with his mind to an insane level, down to like atoms and molecules type thing. And he doesn't realize that that's how his abilities work. It is associated with a physical action mm-hmm. so the the way of explaining this or justifying it a little bit is um let's say superman is catching an airplane right mm-hmm. that's a fairly common thing for him <laughs> yeah 
a, uh, a lot of flight in Metropolis. Right. Yeah. The air traffic control. Yeah. They they need a new team <laughs> for sure. It's not so much that they need Superman. They just need better pilots in Metropolis. They really do. So if Superman is catching an airplane, the amount of force that it takes to lift an airplane in the air, if you apply that to a single pinpoint on the plane, i.e. where he's placing his hands to hold the plane, mm-hmm. he would just rip right through it. It would just be so much force at a focus point. Right. So the idea is that when he puts his hands on the plane and like exerts his muscles, he's actually activating his telekinesis. Uh, is it telekinesis? Yes. Move things with your mind. Yes. Yes. I get him confused with telekinesis and telepathic. Anyway, so activates his telekinesis and is able to distribute the force across the plane evenly as he's lifting it. Yeah. I don't know if that, that makes sense. It's very difficult to convey in just words. Yeah. um, Well, yeah, it's like, so you kind of think of it like if I think the other example that you've mentioned before uh, with like Lois Lane, like if he, if he's flying at like the speed at which someone would fly, him actually catching Lois Lane would like put her into three different pieces. Right. And so I, again, I, I researched this for some reason. Um, like you should. Right. So the, the original explanation or the first one that I read was that Superman is just so smart and so fast that right before he catches Lois Lane, he accelerates downwards. He falls with her for a brief second just for enough time for her to actually land in his arm safely, and then he shoots off again. But what I like is, again, the uh, telekinesis ability so that he's actually using her his mind to uh, catch her before he even touches her. She's slowing down and possibly even moving upwards before he actually wraps up around her. Yeah. And thus avoids the, like, lowest in three pieces. Right. Now, that's interesting. I really i th- I had a similar observation just ab- around how he was animated flying because I don't know why, but for some reason I thought that Superman to take off he like pushed off the ground to some degree. Right. Well, and that that's another like evolution of Superman because right. the, the original thing was can leap over a single building. He right. could he could leap. That was it. Mm-hmm. But then it, it evolved into flying. In fact. Uh, Daniel Tosh has a bit. He's like, I get it that Superman can can fly, but how does he fly faster? What what is he doing that's making him go fast? Is he just kind of flexing or squinting or what's happening? Yeah, it was like one of the first times that I saw him moving. Like sometimes it looked like he was launching himself off, kind of like how Thor takes his hammer and just swings it around until it just launches him. Yeah, Thor technically doesn't fly. It's purely momentum of his hammer. Yeah, and that kind of made sense to me. Um, but I don't know, like the animation is just so crisp that it just almost drew attention to itself. Like he just kind of floated at some, um, some points in time. Um, and it was just something that I was noticing that I never really noticed before. I was just like, yeah, Superman just flies. But now yeah. I'm like, wait, but how does he, how does he fly? So to me, he's flying by physically lifting himself with his mind. Mm-hmm. It's an extension of that telekinesis and then even his more uh extravagant abilities like the the heat vision and the ice breath it's not that he's shooting something out of his eyes is that he's using his mind to concentrate 
heat molecules around him to a focus point. And the reverse of that for the ice breath is that he's dispersing heat at such a rate that it is freezing something. Hmm. But to him, it's associated with his breath. Yeah. So he's going to do that, but it's not actually his breath that's doing anything. Hmm. Yeah. It. Man, that's really good. I love that headcanon so much. Because, uh, yeah, I think it, it adds another layer to Superman and his abilities. Because I said this before in the uh, Superman uh, 1978 podcast, which you can listen to on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, but I like the version of Superman where um, he's doing him as Clark Kent is him kind of trying his hardest to be human. Um not because he's like so clever and he has a secret identity, but he's like, okay, great. So I get to blend in so I can be close to the action. This is how humans are, right? Cause you know, he's training with his dad for like 12 years in the movie that he hasn't really been around earthlings for a significant amount of time. So he's just like playing human. Right. And he's kind of overdoing it. Like, right. He, he comes off as this clumsy idiot, mm-hmm. but that's kind of how he sees us. Like we're we're just puny mortals, sort yep. of thing. It's kind of like, uh, have you ever seen an actor act drunk, but they've never actually been drunk before? Yes. They 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 stagger all over the place. Oh and yeah. They, they slur their speech, and it's just. I mean, I guess some people might be like that, but that's really not what the majority of like a casual drinker. Right. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I I like that because it makes it makes him more whole to me as a like he he seems a little more flawed it feels like hey so superman doesn't have everything together in fact he doesn't even know how he's using his powers um so i like him having like the clark kent identity that's not not completely intentionally um an alter ego and i like the version that you're describing of his abilities being him unknowingly being telepathic and it just so happens to manifest itself in like a physical right yeah um so if that made sense great you guys have been listening very closely (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so since we already started off uh the headcanon segment let's just dive deep into headcanon where we take unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the movie uh an interesting thing that i actually noticed in this movie uh was the idea that this universe, this animated Batman Superman universe, exists within the Incredibles universe. Okay, where where'd you see that? So I don't know if you noticed that Lex's robots were starting to learn a little bit, and that that robot looked an awful lot like the robot from the Incredibles. That um, what is ah uh, Sinestro? Sinestro? No, no. Syndrome. Syndrome. That Syndrome created to defeat all the superheroes. So this is like an age after, um, or I think it just exists in the same universe because the Art Deco style of the Batman Superman world looks very classic, but also kind of modern. Right. And that that's something that keeps it somewhat timeless. Right. 
and it, so it's like almost like a futuristic past kind of yeah, era. It's like future forties, right? Exactly. And so that's also kind of what the Incredibles are, right? And but so, in the sixties, exactly. And so, because uh, that thing was learning, it was like seeing Superman's movement, and uh, even when Batman took the claw and like shoved it into itself, basically, I was like, oh man, like. This looks awful. Like, and then that got me to thinking about like how um, potentially uh, syndrome could be like have he could have had tutelage under Lex Luthor. Oh, like I think that might be how he like because he started out kind of being tech savvy, but you know who? How else is he? Is he just going to learn all this stuff on his own, or is he going to get a mentor? So I think that they exist in the same kind of universe. Uh, maybe it's a time after Batman and Superman, um, whether they retired or whatever. Um, it's a time afterwards where a new era of heroes have come up. And then, you know, kind of in the world of like the Watchmen, you know, you have the original Watchmen right. and then they have the legacy that's behind. I think you have like the Batman, Superman universe of superheroes and then the legacy that comes after the people who started. That's interesting. I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> I did think it was interesting. It seemed like this was the, within the animated universe, it seemed to be the first time Batman and Superman had interacted. Right. One one of the many parallels that it will likely have with Dawn of Justice. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that idea of them just kind of meeting each other for the first time and getting off on the rock foot, almost like a awkward first date. Um, But yeah, I... I really liked how they were meeting for the first time and they had just heard rumors like, Oh, you're that, you're that bat guy. Right. Oh, you're that super guy. Like, man, I I, I can't get, I just, I need to find an animated gif or sorry, animated jife of Batman flipping Superman (laughs) over. Cause that moment he just took him by the arm and said, get out of my way. (laughs) And then Superman, he just looked up. He's like, what? Like who he just flipped me. Right. <laughs> and I think it was one of those things, like, Batman really had no idea what he had done. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I, I, I don't know how much... How much had he seen Superman's ability to that point? Right. Did did he see Superman fly or rip through a wall or anything like that? I don't think so. I think he's kept tabs on him because both of them knew of each other. Because okay. after that moment, he took out the kryptonite. He's like, hey, it doesn't take much, does it? Oh, you're right. He's you're like, right. it doesn't take much of it. I just want to let you know that I'm here on business, so peace. <laughs> and he just left like like Batman does. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did the whole like distract and then just disappear, even to Superman. Yeah. And actually, that's another ability that I don't think they, they played up in the movie was uh super hearing yeah they only used it once when um lex was like uh, i can't believe i trusted that guy and he's like oh he knows the joker which is something i don't think maybe they showed it more in the animated series but i feel like that would be the thing to do uh or the ability to use like all the time i guess it's just it's hard to make visually interesting that they don't True. use it too often unless yeah. you do some sort of like sonar type effect right like the like a uh, aquaman like the oh yeah like yes because little... we know how visually interesting that was <laughs> it's the little rings so this may this may not necessarily be 
headcanon necessarily. I mean, you could you could go off the wall with it if you wanted to, but we had mentioned the uh, the ancient thirty year old kryptonite dragon, the laughing dragon. Mm-hmm. So initially, I thought it was funny that it was only thirty years old, but then you had mentioned like it it has to be that old because it came from Krypton at that time. Um, but that still kind of begs the question. Who found this piece of meteorite and thought like, yeah, I'm going to make a dragon out of this. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's that many people that still have that skill. Like, I, I again, I assume it landed somewhere in Asia because the, the style of the dragon kind of looks like a, yeah. a New Year's dragon. Yeah. Um, but that that's definitely a spot where you could kind of theorize all day because it it could have been a a league of shadows guy oh oh i like that that's a great time you could really just do a prequel of just like how maybe that played a role in establishing the league of shadows right when like why why did that particular uh statue end up in metropolis right right? like uh, out of all the places it could have gone it was in the one place where it could have affected the one person. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, he can definitely explore a lot of story there. Uh, I like the tie because I think he started in Gotham and then went to Metropolis. So I, to me, that solidifies it being attached to like a Gotham related thing, and that like it just wouldn't pop up on Superman or Lex Luthor's. The the dragon started in Gotham. Yeah. So the Joker, you know, you had Commissioner Gordon in there. Uh, they showed up. It's like, oh man. Joker made another thing, like he he committed another crime, he did this, that, the other, and that's kind of their territory. But then when they go to Metropolis, it's that other guy with the super bushy eyebrows. Uh, I think he's like the lead police chief. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they acted like that was some sort of established character, but I have no idea who it was. I've seen it before. No clue who he is. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's my headcanon, I guess, is that... uh. Raz al Ghul had a hand in in carving the dragon. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. That in could... fact, that kind of makes sense to me because again, I I said who would have that ability to to carve like that? Raz al Ghul would. Yeah, he's, he's lived long enough and has probably been bored at some point in time. That's like <laughs> I'm going to learn how to carve jade. I love that headcanon more than anything. Just the <laughs> idea that uh, Raz al Ghul has several hobbies that he's just like. You know what, why not? Like, I'm gonna live for a while. Why not pick up carving? It, immortality, immortality can be boring. So, I I think at that point you just become a, a collector of hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> and so, typically, we would go into the whole uh, recast and remake um, portion of the show where we talk about like if this were to be recasted or remade, uh, who would be cast. But since that movie is being made very, very soon, um, we're going to skip it. And also because Kevin Conroy is Batman and um, I, I, I'm blanking on Superman's voice actor's name. It's something Troy. Tim Daly. Tim Daly totally said it the first time. Didn't say Troy. That would be silly but tim <laughs> daly um he i mean next to like his his presence his verbal presence as superman is just perfect right um so we're going to pass that segment but we are going to go to um, a new segment of the show uh which is called versus 
Um, now, since this movie uh, does have, um, you know, the the titular characters against each other, um, I like this story in particular mainly because it's Joker and Lex Luthor say, hey, let's take each other's um, nemesis and try to take them out. So, I'm going to ask you this. What villains in any kind of universe... Uh, DC or Marvel or any other kind of universe, what villains would you want to see switch places and try to take out each other's respective nemesis? All right. Uh, I'm going to need a second on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'll start it out. So for me, in the DC universe, I think it would be super interesting to see um, Lex Luthor <laughs> um, try to take out um, Green Lantern, and then Sinestro try to take out Superman. That would that would be interesting. It so th- this doesn't answer your question at all, but I I do think this is an interesting sort of parallel. Um, so Batman, we know him as this like uh, very capable but still very human uh, vigilante, right? And Joker is somewhat elevated i think Mm -hmm. just in in how crazy he is but also how smart he is and then the the flip side of that superman is this god essentially Mm -hmm. whereas lex luthor is this you know very smart very wealthy similar to batman a very capable but still very mortal person i think it's interesting that they're they had the dynamics go both ways right so that kind of makes it interesting that they play the strangers on a train swap. Right. You know, you now have Joker going up against another like elevated being. And then the two mortals, Batman and Lex kind of duking it out. I know that Joker's not immortal, but yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen him die yet. We haven't seen him die yet or at least stay dead, but that's right. Comics. Yeah. No, that's, that's comics. Yeah. Unless you're Gwen Stacy. I'm so sorry for reminding Too everyone. Too soon. I'm so sorry. Too soon. I'm so sorry. But back to the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, villains that I'd like to see kind of swap nemesis. I'm trying to think what would be some really interesting matchups and avoiding Joker and Lex since they're already used in the, in the scenario. It is so tough because like Batman, I think, has a more impressive Rose Gallery. Well, and that's one of the the many things that makes Batman so interesting is that he is actively responsible for at least half his rogue gallery. Yep. Then Superman, I feel like Superman has like maybe three oh, yeah. villains who could kind of like stand. I can maybe name three Superman villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like Batman, you got way more. You have, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Uh... Mr. Freeze. Oh, there okay, it goes. Here we go. Yeah. So that that. I, I that helps me out that starts me off i would want mr freeze versus kind of another technological savvy hero so we'll we'll pit him against iron man Ooh. so jump in universes i like yeah it. yeah so you know because in in the first iron man movie we see iron man struggle with the uh atmosphere going up into nice. space freezing affects him of course mm-hmm. but he can likely blast out of it but it would be i think an interesting matchup mm-hmm. and because again mr freeze is a scientist he's an intelligent person right 
so that would mean that you would have to take Batman versus a Iron Man villain, which is a little bit harder to do because I don't know as many Iron Man villains. I know there's Whiplash. There is Ultron, depending on which continuity you go with. Um, and there is himself. His <laughs> demon in a bottle. Demon in a bottle. <laughs> Batman versus alcoholism. That's it. The toughest enemy you will ever fight is himself. But yeah, I guess you could do like um, Iron Monger, Warmonger. Yeah, Iron Monger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know who I'd love to see? This would be amazing. So recently in the comics, there has been a Ninja Turtles Batman crossover. What? Yes. So with that, I want to see. Um, I'm going to go with another one of Batman's um, reptilian villains. I would love to see um, Killer Croc versus the Ninja Turtles and Shredder versus Batman. Oh, now that that's a matchup. That's oh, awesome. Man. I would love to see that. Even if it was just like an animated type uh, fight, I, I just, man, just popcorn for days. Just yeah. like, oh, just yep. show this to me on, on loop. You can just gift this scene of them fighting. I'll pay ticket prices just to see an hour of the same five to ten minute fight. Here, here's my my matchup. I think this is a, a better answer. So you you got me more on the the wavelength for some stellar Batman villains because Batman has the best villains in the Marvel universe. I would argue Spider Man has the best villains. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see uh, Clayface. Ooh. versus spider-man yes. and i think carnage versus batman Ooh. and I, I choose carnage over venom because he is more similar to joker right he's truly just insane mm-hmm. before gaining the symbiote uh i forget venom's or uh, carnage real name it's it's another stanley alliteration it's two c's or two k's um but before gaining a intelligent alien suit, he was like a bomber, a serial bomber. He was oh really a, a total madman, and then he got superpowers. So I think that'd be a fun matchup. Uh, Cletus Cassidy was his there. Name. We go. I wanted to say Cassius Clay, but I knew that that was Muhammad Ali. <laughs> which, by the way, I, I realized that he changed his name for religious reasons. But Cassius Clay is is an awesome name it really is <laughs> like you just have two awesome names <laughs> like listen i'm gonna retire cassius clay oh so awesome for muhammad ali oh man still awesome <laughs> this guy knows how to pick names <laughs> uh so jumping back to uh batman creating his own villains if that's something that you're interested in and like the psychology of it and trying to figure out you know how much is he responsible for that? There's actually a really great episode in Batman the Animated Series called, it's either The Trial or On Trial. Hmm. Um, fantastic episode where uh, the villains of Gotham kidnap Batman and a lawyer and drag them to Arkham Asylum and hold court. Joker plays the judge and the the rest of the villains make their case for why it is batman's fault that they are criminals and that they are currently in prison and wow. and this lawyer uh hated batman to begin with 
she thought that he was a menace to Gotham, but suddenly she has to defend him or she will likely die in Arkham. Uh, really cool episode and kind of flushes out the idea that like he he's not actually responsible. It's more of he's needed because these villains are there. That is such a cool episode. Yeah, it's called Trial. Trial. Um, man. I'm I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> now that's amazing. I think that's as good as any to kind of wrap up our review uh with our final segment, which is reasons to recommend, which we give our uh listeners uh reasons why we would personally recommend this movie. So, Jeffrey, why would you recommend this movie? I w- I would recommend this movie for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, it comes out of the the, the Tim verse and uh Paul Dini or Danny again, however you say that. Uh so you know that it, it's in good hands, um, but it, it gives kind of a, a fresh look on some of these characters. If you are used to seeing Superman just being this unstoppable force that uh, keeps the stakes really low, that that's not the case with this movie. He He is somewhat limited in what he can do and has to be cautious and careful uh, and, in fact, gets in trouble for being overly cocky about it um but we also see some really good characterization of lois lane so if you're looking to see a really cool strong female character check this out uh lois lane she does need to be rescued at one point but she's not really playing the damsel in distress i watched this with my fiance and she immediately said like lois is awesome yeah absolutely i i totally agree yeah there's this whole um, a love story line where uh, Bruce Wayne starts dating Lois Lane. Uh, we didn't really talk about that, but like <laughs> it plays a huge role. It it actually gives one of my favorite lines of the film. Uh, ba- uh, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne are are bantering, and uh, they they realize that Lois Lane kind of has a crush on Superman and bruce wayne Mm -hmm. but she doesn't like clark and she doesn't like batman yeah they say like it's a pity that we can't swap right like it it's interesting that uh she likes the kind of like billionaire bad boy Mm -hmm. but then she loves the superhero boy scout i liked that that was in there um just because it was it was i think it was a great clever way to to not only bring the superheroes together, um, but to bring their personal characters together as well. Like, because we, we don't see a lot of Bruce Wayne uh, in the Batman animated series because it's called Batman. But, like, I think it was cool to see uh, that part of Bruce Wayne. Like, Bruce Wayne actually, like, saying, Yeah, things are pretty serious between me and Lois. And, like, what? He's like, Yeah, I guess it does. I guess it means you really do love me. I'm like, what that's like wow yeah i really enjoyed that story and that was another reason why i wanted the movie to be longer Mm because again it it moves very fast but it it sort of reminded me of mask of the phantasm which came out i believe in 94 but was was huge it came out uh, with a theatrical release it it went to theaters um but uh, a huge chunk of that movie is spent on bruce wayne and not batman and it's about his love story and kind of his early days as batman that came out in 93 i remember the trailer not not the trailer 
the poster was so terrifying i didn't see it until i was a grown adult <laughs> <laughs> like just like i was like oh i don't think this is for me like i just like that is such a great poster of the uh, like look up mask of the phantasm and you will see just one of the coolest but also kind of creepy uh posters uh that you'll ever see for an animated film i would say my reason to recommend the movie is because it is so cool to see an animated version of batman and superman together um kind of for the first time because it kind of it puts what we are so used to seeing now i feel like we there are so many animated versions of batman and superman teaming up you have um, the justice league you have uh, batman brave and the bold where that's happened they're having a new justice league animated series coming out and it's kind of commonplace but to see the first interaction between the two of them and to see them kind of operate in their strengths uh and also to see the flaws of both of their uh, crime fighting style i thought was super cool and it'll it'll tide you over while you're waiting in line to go see batman very super bad definitely yeah because if you have an hour-long wait you can watch this movie and that just about does it for our review of the batman slash superman movie colon world's finest let us know what you thought about uh the movie on twitter we are at flashback flicks and let us know what you thought of the review on itunes and stitcher uh for everyone who leaves a review uh we will send you a round trip ticket to uh your choice of metropolis or gotham we promise to deliver on that because none of those places exist so thanks your 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 tickets will be in the mail <laughs> and a special thanks to our guest jeffrey brown and is there anything that you'd want to promote socially or is there any place where you'd like to be found on the internet uh not at the moment it, it it's in the work i'm i'm hoping to launch a a youtube venture soon i know it's like nine years late but you know <laughs> why not i i want a copyright strike that's fine <laughs> yeah that's how you know you're you've you've won just one or three copyright strikes. Well, great. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for Thank you. being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And be sure to tune in next time when we review a retro movie right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. Rewind.